Time to get your fix. It's a horrible gaming podcast. It's not good. It's not great. Horrible gaming podcast. It's not even what you would call fair. It's really not that good. Gaming Podcast. My name is Zach Ryan with Old Man Gaming. You, dear listener, have chosen for whatever reason to listen to another horrible gaming podcast. With me is... Nobody. I'm alone. Uh-oh, he stands alone. The cheese stands alone today. Uh, unfortunately, uh, my podcasting partner in crime, Neil... Uh, A.K.A. a tiny wizard uh, is ill. He is sick, so he could not do the podcast today, which is fine. Get well soon, buddy. Hopefully, we could do it together tomorrow, uh, next week. And uh, I just didn't want to not do a show at all, so I just I'd get on with you guys and uh, just chit chat with you, respond to your fan reaction if we have it. I don't know. Uh, talk to you about some things that uh, in gaming that I don't love right now. Uh, talk about some other stuff and just, uh, just go through the news and stuff as we do. So it's going to be a short show because I can only talk into the void as long as I can talk into the void. But, uh, before we do any of that, we're going to thank the people who make this possible. Behind our ugly mugs, you're seeing a fancy graphic that was provided by Mr. Mark Bell. We thank him for that. And then, of course, the theme song for this show and all of the shows here at Old Man Gaming is provided by the man who makes the music, my brother, Nick Van Sliders, and we thank him for that. So, as per se usual, we will be back soon with fan interaction. Sorry I had to move the picture around in the background. I didn't like the way it was. Adjust it. All right, we'll be right back with uh, more fun stuff. Horrible Gaming Podcast. Alright, that brings us to our first segment, our most important segment, that is Fan Interaction. That's where we, the co-host, <laughs> talk to you guys, the fans. We answer your questions anywhere we have them. Uh, yeah, we riff on them, we just talk about them a little bit. Uh, fan Interaction has uh, let me down a little bit this week. I needed some more comments since I'm alone, but that's okay. We only got two. We'll talk about him here. I did get a lot of interaction from uh, Jason on Discord, uh, and I'm going to make that the subject of today, so we'll do that in the talking point. But as far as the YouTube comments, let's get into it. First and foremost, William Holowen, hi, exclamation point. Paper Mario Thousand Years Door is one of my favorite RPGs, but having played it not that long ago, I'm not sure it needs it. It holds up incredibly well. I'll keep an eye out for sure. I just hope they don't mess it up with modern gaming stuff. Nintendo is pretty good at announcing their stuff. It's usually not only promises and CG tra CGI trailers of games that might release or not in seven years. I do think Nintendo deserves some praise for that. Unity can't really walk back now. They really messed up bad. I have a, fe I have a feeling it is intended like, they knew it would go very bad. Zach, to companies, don't you understand? We won't be able to pay you at some point. Companies, 
that's some nice organs you got there. <laughs> I think it's great to see mobile getting more, huh, legit. But I wonder how much the iPhone 15 will heat playing RE4. Thanks for the show. Hashtag farts aplenty. It's a lot of farts in the last podcast, whether you guys heard them or not. All right, so let's get into this comment. Number one, Paper Mario. Thousand Year Door, I never played it. Played the original Paper Mario for Nintendo 64 all the way through. I love that game. One of my favorite Mario games ever. I actually liked it better than Super Mario RPG. Uh, then all the Paper Marios after that were absolute insanity. Uh, the Thousand Year Door was GameCube. I had no real interest in the GameCube. I know a lot of people hail back to that system as one of their all-time favorites. It just wasn't for me. Uh, I never really picked it up. Uh, it just wasn't wasn't my thing. I was out of Nintendo until we came along, and, and I felt like we was a mistake when I did purchase it. Uh, I do agree. Uh, I think that Nintendo does these remakes and remasters, and uh, not always do they need them. That's what I've been saying about the Super Mario RPG. I don't feel like it necessarily needs it. I mean, graphically, yeah, it's not that aesthetically... It doesn't really hold up graphically when you go back and look at it. It has this weird claymation feel to it, but... The game itself is still plays well. I don't understand why we're remaking that instead of making a sequel. Thousand Year Door, kind of the same thing with me. Like, let's get a whole new Paper Mario game that's more along the line of the Thousand Year Door. And I tend to agree, tinfoil hat, with my absent co-host partner as to the nature of the reason they're remastering or remastering this one is to kind of test the water on whether going back to that original formula for Paper Mario is the right way to go. I think going back to just a more RPG formula is something they're testing overall because of the remake with Super Mario RPG. And uh, let me just save you some time, Nintendo. Yes. Yes, it is. I don't want to fight a stapler as a boss. Sorry. It's just not my, not my thing. Definitely want the old school Paper Mario feel. Definitely want the old school Super Mario RPG feel back somewhere in gaming um other than mario versus rabbits so we got nintendo is his next comment was nintendo was pretty good at announcing stuff um i don't necessarily disagree with you there have been a few standout violators of that though such as metroid prime 4 uh, the inf that has been like infinitely in development and restarted like three or four times, but they had a trailer for it that was nothing. Um, I think that like overall, though, Nintendo's pretty good about hey, here's a preview. This actually has gameplay in it. It's coming out in like two or three months. You'll be able to play it. Uh, I don't necessarily dis disagree with that. I actually think, and I have thought for a long time that Nintendo makes the games well in advance and just holds them uh which is hard nowadays to not have leaks or whatever but like I, f I i feel like that's the only way they could do this i don't feel like they're finishing it when it's done it's like okay what do we got in the vault ready to go out and then they just they just pour them out as as they're ready to go which to me is why we're getting so many remakes and remasters right now because they've decided to start to end the switch life cycle probably in the next year, year and a half. So anything that was in the bank for them to throw out when they didn't have anything going out is going out the door now, uh, which is why we're getting a lot of remakes and remasters. Uh, his next thing was Unity. <laughs> Can't really walk it back now. 
I think I have a comment about Unity in my uh, 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 news, if I recall correctly. Let me just go to my news ahead of time to see. Um, no, I don't. So let's go ahead and talk about that now then. Uh, yeah, uh, Unity's, they did walk it back last night. Uh, they actually clarified all their policies and walked it back quite a bit uh, to the point where, like, <laughs> like I'm not going to read out the numbers here. I'm not really great with the numbers. It definitely made some of the developers who were mad tweet out that they were okay with this. However, it still garnished, like, a mixed reaction because there was plenty of tweets that were like, why would we trust you after that? And then there was also plenty of tweets that were kind of more along the lines of, uh, look at this one section. And still, in the agreement, it does say that they're going to be annually looking at the numbers and can change the policy at any time. Which, of course, if you have that kind of wording right there in the policy that you're releasing, in this specific situation, I mean, let's face it, almost every one of those policies, those fee policies that you see out there, has some wording like this. Because the company wants to create a window for them to be able to uh, uh, walk something back, to change a price, to whatever. To they, they never want to be pigeonholed into one thing for the rest of the company's existence. And in a way, I get that. You know, you've got inflation. You've got some other things where numbers go up. I mean, we are talking about the super evil gaming industry that has no regulations, so does whatever they want. So I tend to not give them as much leeway. But as a company in a whole, I, I have... A game company on the side, I would never put into the writing that like I can never, you know, raise the price ever because at some point if I don't raise the price, you know, we're we're in trouble. You know, uh, that being said, uh, when you have a policy that has garnered this much uh, uh, controversy, uh, this much backlash and hate from the developers that create on you, the, the real people who give you a revenue stream. To then walk it back, but make sure that it's in there that you can change it at any time. We've already broken their trust, and now you're putting wording in that says you can't ever really trust us. Uh, so that is still creating a problem. Uh, but they still have not, they're still committed to this. Uh, I do think that, like, <laughs> we'll put in parentheses, I have a feeling this it is intended, and they knew it would go very bad. I kind of feel that way too, Will. I feel like... I feel like the policy they released from the walking it back was honestly the policy that they were always going to put into place. Uh, and this is tinfoil hat firmly on my head, but I feel like more or less they were like, make the policy way worse, put it out into the world, and then when everybody hates it, be like, we're so sorry, we should have listened to you, walk it back. But I don't think in this case... It's going to have the desired reaction they want because the people they're hurting are not consumers. You can kind of get away with that with consumers. Uh, I hate to say it, but you can. Uh, consumers, the consumer bases in video games' uh, ability to remember things is very goldfish-like. Sorry, consumers of video games, but it is. People can get away with stuff. People can... You know, do updates to fix a game and make everything okay a year later, and then you guys are all fine with it. Uh, I think that, however, developers do have a much longer memory span, especially when you're messing with their paychecks in an industry that's extremely competitive, extremely unregulated, and extremely hard to exist in. Uh, 
so I, I don't think that it had the desired reaction, but I do think that this was kind of the master plan from them in a way. Uh, let me see. What else? What else we got? What else we got? Uh, can you guys still see me? Yes. Okay. Uh, so let's see. Uh, his next line was uh, the company's uh, organs. That was funny. Uh, the iPhone 15. I do think the iPhone 15 is interesting. I'm not an iPhone person. I don't. I don't want to give them my organs to get a phone. It's just not me. Uh, I also don't like the functionality of them. Uh, so I'm gonna be sticking to the more fringe phones. My favorite phone right now is like the, the off-brand version of the Samsung, so it's whatever, but it's my favorite phone and it's lasted for, I think, over two years now. Uh, like it, And it, it doesn't look like it's gonna quit. Like I, That's what I kinda like is the reliability instead of the flashiness. Uh, that being said, the, the, I think it is interesting that the iPhone is kind of marketing itself almost in the gaming space. I have never thought that mobile as a platform uh, lacks the ability to be a serious gaming console. I think that mobile itself does itself a disservice because there's just so much shovelware, so much microtransaction bullshit on there that it gets very hard to weed out the good ones. Uh, and it gets very hard to take it seriously. Uh, so you end up, I mean, even big companies, you know, like Bethesda released a crappy ass mobile game in Blades. I think that like, it's one of those problems that like people just like shovel a shitty version of something on the mobile phone. Whereas honestly, I think that mobile has a lot of potential. There's a lot of games right now that I'm very into on Steam that are independent things that could easily work on mobile. Uh, and be really sweet. Just think if Dave the Diver had come out on mobile. I don't think it'd be as popular because it's not, mobile isn't well regarded, and so no one would really seriously look at it, but at the same time, it's an amazing game. So, I don't know, we'll see. We'll see where mobile goes. Uh, and then the only other comment we got, uh, I managed to really string that first one out, didn't I? The only other comment we got was Jason. I can't get into Skyrim. It's medieval fantasy, and I'm still burnt out from the medieval fantasy deluge of the of the 2000s. I liked Fallout because it was near future. Most of my games I play are either modern or near future aesthetic. I wish there were more such games in the fantasy-ish genre, which is why Redfall really hurt me. Yeah. I get that. Um, if you're not going to do fantasy, you can't do Skyrim. That's for sure. I still think that when compared... I mean, the only reason Skyrim was brought up was Starfield. And comparatively, aside from the genre, just the way the game is made and plays, I just I think Skyrim is a better game. Like, on a technical and kind of fundamental level, I, I think it's better. If you don't like fantasy, though, I totally get it. You're not going to get into Skyrim. It's not going to be your game. It just, it's just never going to be your game. Um, but if I'm comparing like the levels of freedom, uh, the levels of playability, uh, the, all of that stuff, uh, Skyrim just wins on every level when I'm checking boxes off, except possibly size. And having size doesn't necessarily equal content. And we can tell that from Sky from Starfield's many planets of gray hues and sepatones. So, uh, so yeah. Um, all right. 
Well, that's a fan reaction, guys. As usual, you guys can always comment below anything you uh, want to say, and we will read it out here um, and talk about it. So we're going to go to the talking point. The talking point I want to talk about is, uh, like I said, we're not going to spend a ton of time on it because I'm alone today, but uh, multiplayer launches, uh, multiplayer game launches, and the state of them, which is not good. So we'll be right back with that, ladies and gentlemen. Horrible Gaming Podcast. All right, that brings us to my talking point, I guess. I don't know. Uh, the state of multiplayer launches in ga the game industry right now and what they are like. And why is this coming up? Well, I have talked about my want to play Payday 3. I was very excited about Payday 3. I still haven't gotten to play Payday 3, and I think if you guys follow gaming, you understand why. Thursday is its release date. I go on to play, can't get in, matchmaking is down. And just for the record, just to start, just to start this thing out, game companies out there, if you are a co-op online only game that requires a server to play, matchmaking isn't down. The servers are down. Because the feature of matchmaking, like even if I went to a private game and just tried to play by myself with three AI players, which is a shitty game, but when I tried to do that, it still wouldn't load in because you require their servers to play, um, which has led a lot of people to ask for the solo game, uh, with the solo game mode that like Payday 2 and Payday 1 had. We'll talk about that. Um, and it's also talked about a bunch of other things about this because this was a rough launch. They could not get this running basically through all of Thursday or Friday. Uh I tried again on Friday. They had gone back down. They thought they had got it running Friday morning. Then it it, it was up for two hours and went back down. They had to work on it all day Friday. They finally got it running Saturday. And uh, last time I checked on Steam, uh, in the first 72 hours, they were still mostly negative on their review score, which is pretty rough. Um, and yeah, I think that's just overall. I mean, not to mention the fact that this is a company that did an early access. Uh, they had an early access, so if you paid for it, uh, paid a, a, a bunch of extra money to play it, you got to play it early. Those people didn't get to play either uh, because of this issue. So, uh, yeah, which, a whole other thing. Those people should be getting some money back, if you're asking me. Uh, maybe not the full thing, because the early access came with all these extra accoutrements, but they should definitely get some credit back, because they did not get early access. They didn't get it at all. They didn't get to play uh, that being said, uh, aside from that accountability being violated, we also have to talk about the fact that, like, this seems to be coming the norm for multiplayer co-op games or even multiplayer PvP games. Um, what game out there, ladies and gentlemen, that hasn't launched on day one as a multiplayer featured game hasn't had server issues and connectivity issues? It's... Just an absolute terrible situation. The state of the multiplayer games are terrible. Personally, I don't think there's an excuse for this. I just don't. Uh, I mean, we look at... Same thing happened with Outriders. This is what happened with this. We had problems with Division 2 when it came out like this. Uh, there was another one recently that we had serious connectivity issues when, uh, when, when trying to launch into it. And I, I can't remember the name of it for whatever reason. Uh, you know, and it, we also now also have the Texas Chainsaw Massacre problems that once they launched, they weren't doing too bad with that, but then immediately they didn't have any anti-cheat. We're in 2023. 
We've been doing the games as service model for some time now. We've been doing multiplayer only games for some time now. There is absolutely no excuse for this. Uh, I have talked to a, I talked to a buddy of mine uh, who had actually you know made the comment that he had watched kind of a video on it, and a lot of people are kind of like you get the most players on day one. Uh, so if if you have enough servers for a hundred thousand uh, for forty thousand players. Uh, but you're going to get 100,000 on day one, and then you're not going to have any more than 40,000 after that. Why would you buy the servers for more? Because you're paying for those servers for just that extra time. I just, I got to say, I don't think that's an excuse. Uh, you're, you're making people pay for the game. You have microtransactions in your game, uh, so you're going to be getting steady income and revenue. Uh, and you can always rent the servers. There are plenty of places where you can just rent the servers. You rent the servers, and then cut that number down as the number of players drop. The The way they've done this is just terrible. It's terrible. They never seem to be prepared for the amount of people who are playing a game anymore. And that's just unacceptable. We have been doing this for nigh on 10 years now. Uh, like, there's no reason that you can't accommodate the player base that wants to play your game. Not to mention, you end up in these terrible situations where, like, people who, like, never get to play it. Like, do you think the casual gamer, the absolute casual gamer, is buying his $40 game, it's coming home, he's popping it into his game console, and it's not loading. He isn't taking it back and getting his $40 back? He is. That's exactly what he's doing. And while there is no real refund policy in gaming, I'm pretty sure if you take it back within 24 hours to GameStop, you can get the money back. I may be wrong on that. It's been a while since I've been in the GameStop and the physical stuff, so I may be wrong. But still, those casual players are going to walk away from it. They're not going to keep playing. They're not going to keep coming back. Uh, and the casual players are really where the money is, right? Like, you've got the you've got the, the diehards. They're going to be the diehards. They're going to be with your game no matter what. They want to play your game, right? But, like, the casual people who are just giving it a shot, if you give them a bad experience right off the bat, you're losing it out. Uh, I, I don't... I don't think this is a good model, and, and something needs to change here uh, because almost every game suffers this it, to the point where like anybody paying for early access on a multiplayer-focused game uh, where you require servers is just useless. Uh, you know, and that was another thing that came up from all of this uh, Payday 3 thing, speaking specifically to pay, Payday 3. A lot of people got really upset that there's no solo mode, so that they couldn't play in any way, shape, or form. Like, hey, the, the match makes it down, I can go in with the AI players. So, look, the AI players suck in this game. They don't want you to really play with the AI players. They want you to play with other players. That's not the game that they want to put forward. So for me, my problem isn't that there's no solo mode, like a backup mode to play a less cool game. My problem is you didn't make us available to play your cool game. Um, and if you're going to do that, if you're going to not have a solo mode because you want people to play online, fine, I'm down. Make it so that they can play or at least do it in some way, like make a queue, make something. Like I remember when Dauntless went live for the first time. I was very excited to play Dauntless when it first like came to Xbox because back then I didn't have a PC. When it first came to Xbox, there was a huge queue to get in, a huge queue. It's a free-to-play game, a little bit of a different situation because people are paying $40 to play Payday and can't play it. Uh, or paying for Game Pass. Game Pass is not free. Game Pass is the price. 
of mission. Nonetheless, <clears throat> Dauntless had a queue. It put up a queue. This is the amount of people we can have in here. We can't have any sit here, wait, you'll get in in this amount of number. I was less mad at that than what they did in Payday 3 because Payday 3, unless you had Twitter, unless you were watching Twitter, you had no idea what was going on. You would go into the game, you'd log into the game, you'd go to matchmake, and it would just keep saying matchmaking, 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 matchmaking. What, what, like, find a way to communicate with your player base as well. Like, they botched both levels of this. Uh, from just every possible conceivable angle, they botched this. Um, so, yeah, so I don't know. I think that uh, this is just something that's become, like, commonplace. And again, again, as player base, as, as the, the people out there who buy these games, who give them their precious money, we, the only way we can vote against it is by saying no. And what's sad is you guys, anybody who's watched this channel, anybody who's watched these shows for a really long time, know that I am very, very, very big into co-op online games. I'm a games of service guy. I like it. When me and Neil argue, he's usually the guy who doesn't like it at all, doesn't want anything to do with it. And I'm the guy who's like, yeah, let's do it. That's what I want. I don't really want the narrative thing. Um... But what bothers me is we get to this area where, and gaming's really good at doing this, where they keep doing something bad to you. Keep throwing bad stuff your way and just hitting you with not fun things until you become used to it. It becomes commonplace and you're no longer willing to like fight back because you're like, ah, this is just the way it is, you know? Um, and that's unacceptable. Uh, really unacceptable. So I think that like, I hope that some people ask for refunds on Payday 3. I hope that some people really keep their outrage going. I unfortunately don't think that that's actually going to happen. But, like, we have to say no as a group, of, a collectively, eventually. Um, and, and that's why I don't think I'm going to be playing this outside the review just because of principle. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of games out there I want to try. Uh, so I don't know if I'm going to give these people my hard-earned time when they have already shown that they couldn't do anything with that hard-earned time for me, you know? Um, stepping back, stepping back. Back to the games of service thing. I think that, like, if you are a developer who is doing games of service, you need to prepare for the amount of people who are going to play in your game. If you lose a little money on day one because you have too many servers, that's better than if you lose so much player love on day one because they can't get in or they can't play. And I'll tell you one thing, if you are a games of service game, if you're an online only game, communication is paramount. It is paramount. I'm gonna tell you right now, some of the games that did suck, that I was really mad at, they won me back over with communication. You have to communicate with your fan base. You have to tell them what's going on, tell them what's happening. You have to be a little bit more transparent. And while Payday 3, they were very talkative on Twitter, not every, or X or whatever it is now, you can't just go on there. Your game right now is the medium for communication with people. You need to put something forward in the game. You need to put some some notification forward in the game that like, hey, this isn't working, this is down, something's going on, you know, something along those lines. And you definitely need to make right with people when you do stuff like this. 
you know, we've got the games of service thing isn't going to stop. So we need to figure out a way to do this correctly because there's just no excuse to have these issues anymore on day one or on launch. All right. That's my time, boy. That's that's my rant. That's my big rant. I think we gotta jump into the news. We're gonna knock the news out. I'm gonna. I mean, listen. This is what the show is. I'm alone. I've got no one to bounce off of. I've got no one to talk to. No no verbal tennis today. So it's just gonna be a lot of me talking. I hope you guys like the sound of my voice because that's it. That's all you're getting today. <laughs> but we'll be right back with the news. Horrible gaming podcast. All right. Back with the news. This is our final segment. This is a segment where we collect smaller news stories. We want to let you guys know about. We want to riff about. We want to talk about them for a second. <clears throat> I have four. So let's get into it. Number one. It has been announced that Elder Scrolls VI will skip Sony. And it is supposedly out in 2026. I don't believe that it's going to be out in 2026. I don't think anybody out there should be looking at it to be out in 2026. But this came from a new interview uh, behind the scenes at TGS. The The thing I want to focus on is Elder Scrolls Six skipping Sony. This is what happens. This is what happens, people. Like, Xbox is not playing this game to make money for Sony. These companies that they bought out they're going to keep them to themselves they're going to hoard these games they're going to keep them to themselves so now we have elder scrolls 6 one of the most anticipated games possibly in the history of games it is not going to be on the sony platforms uh playstation any of that it's not going to be there it's going to be on pc and it's going to be on xbox and that is a bummer because this is what we're going to start seeing even with the 10-year deals from activision and all of this stuff and ubisoft being a third party for activision and all that garbage um we're going to start seeing these kind of restrictions we're going to start seeing xbox hoard them and this is this has been the Xbox plan the whole the whole time to slowly dam the stream up of third party content, to dam it up so that they control where it comes and where it goes. Really, to destroy it, to destroy the third party content, the third party AAA content, so that the only people who have third party AAA con- third party content is Xbox, unless somebody's first party first partying it. And uh, uh, they basically want to take all the third parties and make them second parties. And that sucks. It absolutely sucks. It's not good for gaming. It's not fun. uh, Because what we'll eventually get is Sony not in the game space anymore. We're only going to have Xbox again. They're going to have a complete monopoly. And uh, that's not good. It's not good. Because then they get to decide the prices on everything. They get to decide the quality of everything. Because they're going to be the only games that you can play. Uh, and that's not good. This is kind of the start of that. I don't like that. I don't like that Elder Scrolls 6 is going to Sony and that's not going to Sony. And that's just, I mean, it's just bullshit. It's, it shouldn't be that way. Let's face it. Exclusivity sucks. It's one of the worst parts of gaming. It's one of the worst parts of gaming. It's one of the worst parts of anything. I hate anybody who's happy that games become exclusive because all that does is restrict the players. That's all it does. It restricts you as the consumers as to where you can play it, how you can play it, and who you can play it with. That's all exclusivity does. So 
I want to say quickly, anybody out there to the Xbox diehards, you need to stop being happy about this because it's hurting you. This is hurting you. Uh, moving on, this is kind of a bummer. Uh, the Evil Dead game is officially dead. It has one more update coming, uh, and then it is done. It has canceled any plans to go to the Switch, which I think originally it, it was saying it was going to go to the Switch. This is the asymmetric kind of horror PvP Evil Dead game. Uh, however, they have said that the servers will re remain on indefinitely. I don't know how long that's going to last if there's no player base for it, but there will be no more DLCs for it. It's it's done. They're abandoning the project for the most part, uh, with the exception of, uh, like I said, the servers staying online so people can play it who have it. Uh, yeah, Evil Dead was met with mixed reviews. It was kind of meant to be kind of a challenge to Dead by Daylight, uh, with one person playing, like, the evil, which is every, the thing that's kind of controlling the Deadites, and the other person playing the four survivors. Uh, the problem with this is that it didn't really... It lended really fun, interesting play to the evil, to the to the person doing the killing, but the survivors ended up very being very boring, very tacky, very straightforward, and not really super fun to play. Very repetitive. Uh, now, in fairness, I never played the game myself, I never, nor did I do a review of it. This comes from people who I know who did play it um, and the other reviews that were out there. So it is a bummer whenever a game dies, uh, but again, this is a hard space to break into. And unless you're willing to kind of, in my opinion, innovate a little bit, uh, uh, you're going to have problems. I think one of the reasons that Chainsaw Massacre was so popular right off the bat is because it innovated a bit. It, it gave the stamina bar to the killers. It made the killers a little bit less all-seeing. It made three of them, so it's not just like 1v4. It, it really made variety of ways to escape uh, a lot of different mini-games. Uh, honestly, my biggest problems with that game are the fact that like they, again, much like our talking point, were not really prepared to be online, which is sad because they already had an online game that already had the problems that they had with this one, which was overabundance of hacking and a very poor attempted anti-cheat. So that forced them to take crossplay completely away, which means I can't play it with the people who I play it with, which means it's not on my hard drive anymore because that's just a game that is most fun when played with other people. Uh, but they also had some balancing issues that were, they were slowly working through. I mean, every game like that's going to have those. You slowly make changes to it. You slowly make it better uh, as you realize what people are going to exploit, how people are going to play. Um, nonetheless, uh, yeah, this is a space that needs innovation. It just does uh, to be interesting or at least a different genre. Like if you're specifically making a horror asymmetrical game, you're competing with Dead by Daylight. They do it absolutely the best. So you're going to have to innovate in that space. Like I said, like Texas Chainsaw Massacre did, you're going to have to have some new ideas, some new fresh things. And unfortunately with this game, all of the new ideas were on the killer, were on you playing the evil. Uh, and they were really cool ideas, but it was almost like the game developers forgot to make the survivors fun. All right. So, let's talk about the next one, which is Mortal Kombat 1. Uh, so, Mortal Kombat 1 has been having a rough time. Uh, 
Not because of the normal fighting game. It's a good fighting game, uh, by all standards, on Xbox, PlayStation, and PC. However, there's a Nintendo Switch version. A Nintendo Switch version that is an abhorrent nightmare. Graphically, bug-wise, it's terrible. And get this, they charge the same amount. It's not discounted at all, ladies and gentlemen. The Switch version is a full $70. We all know what I think about Switch games being $70. It is absolutely uncalled for. You're on last generation technology by one. Uh, there's no reason that you should have the $10 bump up on there. This was a gross, a gross uh, 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 use of a way to get more money out of people that shouldn't have been there. But to make matters even worse, apparently, if you watch the MK Nintendo Switch trailer very closely, you notice a PC pop-up happening in the down corner. So a pop-up being like, like Steam has achievements, just like an Xbox or a PlayStation does. They'll pop up in the little corner of the screen whenever you get them. Uh, and apparently, if you look very closely in the trailer for the Nintendo version, a PC pop-up pops up, like an achievement for something. They failed to edit out perfectly, so if you, if you go through it. So basically, they used PC footage to advertise the god-awful Switch version. And guys, gals... I cannot begin to describe how bad this version is. I urge you to go to YouTube and just look up a compilation of MK1 on the Nintendo Switch. It is horrifying. Their eyes never blink. They're, they're, they're just ugly. Their faces will fall apart. Like It is absolutely a terrible game. It's so bad that after IGN had gave Mortal Kombat uh, 1, I think an 8 out of 10, either an 8 out of 10 or a 9 out of 10, uh, because they reviewed it on PlayStation, they went back and did another review of it for the Switch. Yes, a la the Cyberpunk situation. I don't know if you guys remember that. They gave it a 9 out of 10 to start, and then they ended up re-reviewing it on the OG Xbox because it was so broken, um, because they felt like they had done us a disservice, which they had. IGN, what are you doing? And only gave it a 3. They only gave the MK1 a 3 on the Switch. Uh, it's been just... a terrible situation again there's no reason that switch should have 70 dollars games period period the switch technology is last generation it is on par with the xbox three uh, xbox one and the playstation 4 like that's where the switch lies in its generation okay those are 50 dollars games those are 60 dollars games okay 60 dollars that's what those games are or discounted or less the, the the justification, which, and I know Jason can be like, $70, too much. I got it, Jason. I get you. I'm just saying, from a justification standpoint, the justification of the $10 hike on the new systems, being the, the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox One uh, X or the Xbox Series X or whatever, their naming scheme is terrible. Uh, the $10 bump was because of the SSD and all the graphical features and the ray tracing and all that. That's the that's the reason for the $10 bump. There is no reason any Switch game should be $70. I don't care if it's Tears of the Kingdom. I don't care if it's Mortal Kombat 1. I don't care what the fuck it is. No Switch game should be $70. Period. Uh, so for them to not only jack this up to a higher price, 
and then to try and sell it as a good game when it is abhorrent is terrible. Terrible. Shame on you, Netherworlds. Shame on you. Uh, all right, final news story. Sea of Thieves is getting a solo mode. How crazy is that? Uh, Ten years after its creation, it is finally getting a solo mode. Uh, what does this mean? So, anybody getting super excited to possibly have NPC crews, that's not the way it's going to be. What the solo mode will be, there will be two selections. You'll have the high seas or the safer seas. Safer seas means you will spawn in to the Sea of Thieves thieves world or water without any other players none there will only be npc ships npc uh and the, like the skeleton the skeleton ships uh and npcs on the shores there will be no other players no other pirates to try and jack your stuff no other pirates to come after you nothing like that um i'm mixed on this i'm mixed on this i'm gonna get into why uh, i think it is really cool for the sake of you know, like just completing quests. There were many times when I when I was really heavily in the Sea of Thieves that I would go in to play alone just to do shipping missions, just to peacefully drive my boat from one place to another. And I'm not gonna lie, I'd say one out of every three times I did this, there would be a ship that would just sail up on me and blow me out of the fucking water. Uh, which is a little annoying. It's a little annoying uh, because, like, especially if you're one person, you're not you're not capable of fighting. So I could do these like really cool like you. Uh, I can't remember what they were called, but there's certain quests where you track a boat that sunk, and then once you find the sunk boat, it's got just tons of stuff inside, and you loot the boat. I loved these missions. They were my favorite missions in the game. I like doing them alone. The problem is, I'd be halfway through the half hour that it takes you to load all the shit onto the boat by yourself and then here comes a galleon they blow me out of the water and i take all my shit look the game is meant for that i get that so but but this is nice for players who just want to go in and kind of experience and get quests done and stuff like that that being said it does seem a little bit boring like there's really not an abundance of like like I'm I'm not gonna lie when I saw that they were getting a solo mode I was like oh my god we're gonna get NPC ships like actual NPC ships we can fight not just the skeleton ships uh, we're gonna get a crew that can man our ship for us so I could drive a galleon finally without having anybody else online uh, none of this none of this is true uh, it's just it's just you and the friends that you go in with will be in a sea with no other players which. Like I said, has its benefits. You can complete quests, get that stuff done without having to fight for your life. But at the same time, I feel like really the point of Sea of Thieves is to fight for your life. Uh, so I don't know. I don't know. It's kind of tricky for me. I don't know that it really needs this without the other stuff. You know what I mean? It's, it, I guess it's a little bit of a letdown for me because I would be re-downloading Sea of Thieves if it had the NPC crew and NPC ships. I'd be redownloading it. I'd be all in. Be back in and stay on the high seas again. But you still kind of really need other players to play. So it's not really a solo mode. It's more like a solo server, I guess is the best way to say it. All right, so that's it. That's it for the news. That's it for the show. We're only at 42 minutes. Like I said, it's going to be a quick one. I'm going to go to the, of course, plugs, and then I'm going to be done. We will be back next week, hopefully, with a normal cast and everything back to normal. Thank you.
Terrible Gaming Podcast. Brings us to the end of the show and the shameless self-promotion that comes with it. What would you like to plug me? <laughs> that sounded weird. Uh, all right, well, I'm just going to give a couple of quick plugs, but before I do, I do want to shout somebody out right now. Uh, she, You can actually check her out on our Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Other Strange List, the Long Road stream. We do it once a month. It's an actual play TTRPG. But you can also check her out on Facebook. She does these wonderful, wonderful... Uh, she does all sorts of... You know, 44 ounces, 20 ounces, whatever. There are tumblers, there's cans, there's little things for kids. Uh, the prices from what I've seen have been between like $14 and $30. They're all stainless steel, really well made. Uh, she actually gave Phil Billy one just recently. It looks great. You can see... She made this for me, kind of as an early birthday present. It's really cool. So I just got to shout her out. She's great. You can find her on Facebook, Created with Love by Jackie Riggs. Uh, and she just does these these cups. They're really freaking awesome. I So awesome, in fact, that recently I hired her to make a custom one. Uh, this is actually my anniversary week with my wife, 12 years uh, 12 years and counting at this point. But her anniversary present, I made her a coffee mug. Uh, specifically to her designs uh, with kind of pictures of the family on there and like the date of our marriage and, and everything. And they're really nice, really quality cups. So I do want to shout that out. After that, you can check out everything we have to offer. We have a lot of stuff to offer. Uh, this week, season premiere of OMGM Old Man General Manager Season 3. Uh, really excited about it. We added another NPC character. It's still me and Grandpa Gamer booking against each other but we upped our money by like a million dollars and we also upped the difficulty to hard so it's gotten real crazy uh so please check that out uh i'm very i'm looking forward to what you guys all think about that uh and you can watch the season finale from last week as well as the special gm versus gm versus gm it's become a tradition we do like a special episode at the end of each season where all the gms fight each other uh which was this last friday uh, other than that, we are taking a small break from Redfall. Just a small break. We're going to finish it, but uh, we had some scheduling conflicts that got in the way of recording. So probably one more week off from that, and then we'll be back on it until we hopefully get through it at some point soon. Uh, because I don't want to play anymore. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, I've also been streaming Age of Wonders 4 on Tuesday. Really excited about it. Created a race just... Uh, for you guys and I've been playing it. I'm I'm having a lot of fun with it. I'd love to go back to that game. Uh, and then of course on the TTRPG side we've got the actual play for the Stump Gang. Uh, once a month, I think October is going to be the fifth. Uh, will be our next Turtles stream. Uh, it's not the actual Turtles. Everybody made their own animals. It's a completely different story. It's a lot of fun. Uh, and then Astro Drive bi-weekly on Wednesday. And that's a lot of fun. Uh, and then we do have a new one coming. Uh, a one-off with me and Wiz. But we're actually going to have some other players in there. Really excited about that. Uh, we'll start pitching that. We'll start plugging that soon. A little bit too early. Uh, Alright, so you guys can also reach us on Facebook. At OldManGamingDH. On Twitter. At OldManGaming9. You can join our Discord. Uh, link is in the description below. You can influence all of our shows from there. And then as usual, ladies and gentlemen... As long as you keep watching and you keep listening, I, at the very least, will keep making this. And hopefully Neil will be well and good and we'll be back next week. All right. Bye.